Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt, NJ.com, here with the latest episode of the No Huddle Show. We're out here in Tampa Bay, and we have a very special guest slash announcement. Uh, We've officially, I've known this for a couple weeks, I've had to keep it secret, even as I recorded the last couple episodes. We have our new host, our new co-host, my new co-beat writer, Mike K. How's it going, Mike? Why don't you tell them a little about yourself, where you're from, what what, what beat you're coming from, and then we'll we'll get into the game. Yeah, sure. So I'm covering, I used to cover uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars up until that AFC title run, and kind of week one and then starting over from scratch and on in week two with the Eagles. And, uh, before that, uh, I used to cover the Eagles for bleeding green nation and SB nation. So I'm excited to be back to my roots and excited to be working with you. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll delve more into Mike's background and stuff in the mid the week, but we're, we're here for the post game pod. What you guys want to hear, what you guys want to hear us talk about, which is an Eagles loss 27 to 21 to the two and O Buccaneers with Ryan Fitzmagic just bringing that magic again. Uh, but before before we do get into discussion, I just want to remind you guys you, you got to make sure to to subscribe to this podcast. We're on all the podcast apps. We're on iHeartRadio, YouTube, Spreaker, the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, follow us on Twitter too at Zach Blatt at Mike underscore E underscore K and at the No Huddle Show. Uh, we're gonna have new episodes pretty frequently now that Mike's in the mix. After every game, probably a couple during the week, at least one during the week, probably two. And yeah, we're looking forward to getting that thing going. But yeah, we'll get into this game. The Eagles, it was it was a tough loss. Uh, they pretty much right away they got banged up. They on that first drive, uh, Jason Peters left the game with a hamstring thing. Uh, that that happened earlier in the week, and he tried playing on it, didn't work. Jay Ajayi left the game with a back injury, didn't come in until the second half. The next possession, Mike Wallace, who they expected to play a bigger role this week, out, hurt his ankle, looked pretty serious, had a boot in the locker room. I mean, you you got to come out of this game not feeling very great, right? Right. Well, I mean, I, I think you could look at it two ways, right? Um, they have a lot of injuries. But if you want to look at it through the Nick Foles glasses, they battled. They put themselves in a position to win. They weren't out of it with two minutes left in the game. Um, you know, obviously the defense couldn't hold the Buccaneers from getting a first down, getting the ball back to the offense with enough time to take advantage. But I think when you look at this team overall, there's so much talent and depth that sometimes you you realize, hey, they're doing well, but they're also missing all of this talent. You look at, like you said, Mike Wallace, Jason Peters, um, Darren Sproles, Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. <laughs> and this team's still just one and one with the potential. They could have won this game today. They yeah. could have won this game. I mean, this game really came down to two massive plays of 75 yards. Uh, that's really what yeah. I mean, that's what it was. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we'll get I mean, into it's, those. It's, a, it's a tackle away from that not happening or like a, somebody not blowing a coverage from that not happening. So, right, yeah. Right. And I think, I think the corners will get a lot of blame for those plays, as they should. But when you really look at this game overall, the Buccaneers made big plays. The Eagles really didn't. Sure, you could talk about the Jenkins forced fumble, but that led to no points. You look at 
at the early Fletcher Cox sack, that really didn't lead any, into anything. The Ronald Darby interception was important, but again, it was kind of fluky. Yeah, it was fluky. So you look at that on offense. There were some other fluky plays. The Zacherts 34 yarder where Nick Foles threw it up to the point where he had to make a spectacular catch yeah. and he was wide open. Um, if that know, if that's his throwing down the field, then he's not really throwing down the field. <laughs> right. You yeah. could look at the explosive play from Nelson Aguilar where he caught the ball on a slant and took it up field and made a couple of guys miss. Those aren't plays that are always sustainable, and they definitely weren't in this game. And I think when you look at Cart, you look at Nick Foles' performance, seventy-four, or uh, he's, he, I guess he finished because the stats. His final stats up. were uh, thirty-five. He was thirty-five of forty-eight, which is a lot of passes. Right. Three hundred thirty-four yards, uh, one touchdown, no picks. So he's completing more than seventy yeah. percent of his passes, but he's yeah. also targeting guys, you know, three yards, three yards out. You know, he was putting his guys in danger a few times yeah, too. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the throw downfield on fourth and ten to Corey Clement was one of the scariest collisions I've seen live in several. It looked years. like Clement was fine. He was in the locker room talking. Right. Yeah, yeah, he was good, but like watching that, yeah. I mean, that that stopped the game for quite a long time. So I think overall. Everybody takes ownership in this loss, but it's a matter of, hey, do you think Carson Wentz makes that much of a difference and that this team is not in trouble? Or are you concerned that, hey, these injuries are piling up like they did last year and maybe they don't have the talent like Garrett Blunt or Patrick Robinson who are stepping up out of nowhere to take over? Yeah, I mean, I think we should we should touch on the quarterback. We should talk to a little bit more on Foles, I think. You know, he... You mentioned his stats. He came into this game. Him and Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's kind of interesting because they're both the backup quarterback, in theory at least. I don't know if Fitzpatrick will stay the backup. Through two weeks, he has eight touchdowns. He has four tonight. He was 27 of 33, 402 yards. He has that one interception where it was deflected off of O.J. Howard, I think. and Or he, like, tried catching it, and he dropped it and then flew up into the air, and Darby had an easy pick. So it kind of doesn't even – I mean, it counts, but it doesn't really. And he just he just torched. We're gonna talk about the secondary in a little bit. Like he he torched that secondary. Like well, he he's one of the most athletic tight ends in the league. Yeah. And that's why he was drafted in the first round out out of Alabama at the Senior Bowl I covered uh, a couple of years ago. He was treating all these kids like they were little boys, and he was just a guy catching all. This. So he is like a superior athlete. Don't yeah. get that twisted. But the fact that he was able to get by the entire secondary at, at his well, size. And at his, on a 75-yard catch, I think Darby tried tackling him high. Yeah. And, like, you don't do that when you're as small as Darby is. Like, that's just not going to – there's a bad tackling technique from the secondary. To, Certainly. Especially from him and Mills. I, I thought the I guess let's talk about the secondary right now. Like, that that was problematic tonight. Right. I think, today. I think the linebackers and the secondary didn't tackle well. I mean, I, I also – you know, you talk about the O.J. Howard thing, the uh, touchdown – Jordan Hicks got beat pretty badly on that catch in in coverage. I think overall they didn't tackle very well in, in short yardage opportunities, whether it was a dump off or a run. Um, you saw that late in the game too. That's why they were unable to get the ball back to the offense. I think overall the defense struggled today. You know, I mean, for me, it's a matter of, yeah, Fletcher Cox left for a little bit. Uh, they did have tackling problems. Jalen Mills obviously does not cover very well downfield. It's just it, that's a problem. Yeah, that on that first play, he didn't have a good position on Deshaun. Michael Jenkins took responsibility for that, but Mills still didn't cover it very well. Correct. Like that's just the reality. I mean, 
this whole whole all of training camp and you know preseason and dating back to OTAs, like a lot of the talk's been about how Jalen and Ronald Darby have been kind of the standouts. They looked really good. It kind of felt like a breakout year for both of them. It seemed like week one kind of stuck out a little bit. Mills struggled still. He didn't. Ha- he had a couple bad plays. He got targeted quite a bit. Darby was a star in week one. He was really good. He fell back a little bit more down to earth this week. But I mean, I know this is your first game covering them. But coming out of this, what what do you kind of think of those two guys? And how do you think they can? Do they need to fix something going forward? Like, is there something they need to fix? Uh, I've been high on Darby since he came out of college. Yeah. So I I mean I I think this is an opportunity for him to have a Pro Bowl year. Obviously, this is my first game covering, but I obviously watched the week one game against Atlanta and he did stuff to Julio Jones that not a lot of corners can do. I mean, he made the game winning play shoving him out of bounds on that, that right. last catch. Yeah. And, and Julio's no small guy. I think, I think this was just a bad matchup for both of them because of how much speed that both Mike Evans, who is a speed and size mismatch and Deshaun Jackson have, um, those guys were able to get open pretty regularly. Uh, you're not going to face a, a wide receiver group like that very often. Um, but yeah, Jalen Mills, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about the way he bites on, on double moves. It's extremely consistent. It pops out on film. It pops out to other teams on film, clearly. I mean, when you have him going against a guy like Deshaun Jackson, like, you just can't make, you can't bite on that. Right, you can't make mistakes. I mean, I personally wouldn't have put him on Yeah, on no, I agree. Deshaun, uh, because he doesn't have the long end speed to keep up with him, whether he has safety help or not. Um, and then I think when you look at, you know, the Sidney Jones situation, I mean, he's fully recovered from his Achilles injury. Why not have him play more outside and have Jalen Mills play in nickel? Because, really, Jalen Mills is the perfect player for the nickel spot. It's It, it, it seems like it's more of like a – I don't want to, you know, predict too much, but it almost kind of seems or, – or, or read into it too much, but it's almost like they feel like Mills earned his job last year for this year. And to me – you drafted Sidney Jones because you thought he could be an elite playmaker at corner. Mills still is that sixth, seventh round pick that you didn't invest a ton in. And while he played well last year, he could do really well at nickel. That's my, my take on it. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, the, the Eagles clearly kind of they value how guys have looked in practice. I think that's become mm-hmm. pretty obvious based on a lot of their decisions on offense. Sure. And Sidney Jones has been almost exclusively running in the slot. And this is really his first like full off season, so I I don't think they're ready to move. They're, I don't know this season. I don't think they're going to make a change like that. Whether they should or not, I don't know. I just don't see them because Mills didn't really practice. He was one of the guys that didn't really pra- practice in the slot, which I was surprised because it seemed like the impression that a lot of us kind of had coming in was maybe they would, you know, when when Sidney Jones would come in, they would move Mills inside and put Jones on the outside. Mm-hmm. Jones. I didn't hear his name at all tonight, which is probably a good thing, which means he probably didn't really give up much. Uh, we'll see the numbers better on Pro Football Focus this week. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think I don't think they need to move. I don't think they need to make that kind of a. It's not a drastic move. But I don't think they need to make that change just yet. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if it's an immediate change, but it's something that I would consider, or maybe rotate them, or maybe just based on look. Like to me. The, the NFL is a game of matchups, and that's why you have guys like Fletcher Cox, who's incredible at rushing. I mean, you you saw he just that sack he had in the beginning, yeah, seventy seven. Like it was it was nothing. It was like you and me just you know. He's he's on a mission to win Defensive Player of the Year this year. He's like try, he's trying well, to make that happen. Yeah, I mean, you need to get the sacks to do that. So yeah, he. I mean, now he's at two sacks. He leads the team, and I mean, I, I think the problem for the defensive front is there were several free rushers in the first half that just clear to the quarterback and they could not 
get to him. Fitzpatrick got the ball out quickly. I thought he led the Buccaneers pretty well. I mean, as much as, as we're saying, hey, you know, coverage is responsible for all this other stuff, Fitzpatrick played a great game. And I think, you know, Dirk Cutter's opened up that offense. It's That's not what he's really known for. He's known for being more conservative. But they took shots downfield. They they were fearless. Fitzpatrick's obviously feeling himself. And I think... <laughs> man, you see that outfit he had in oh, the man, postgame? Yeah. He looked like Conor McGregor. He had like he had no no shirt on. He had like a jacket. I think he said he got it from Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, that looks like Deshaun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, and we were just talking to like a Buccaneers beat guy, and he was like, a year ago, like I would never have believed he would do something like that. And that's just like <laughs> he's just so calm. He's just living his best life right now, <laughs> and good for him. Sometimes you gotta live, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, Nigel Bradham had an okay game from first what game I back. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think he is a guy that kind of stirs the drink. On, just from afar watching, he's kind of the guy that makes everything move on defense. Jim Schwartz has said he's the heartbeat of the defense. I think they kind of rely on him in the middle of it, yeah. Well, and that's a pretty big superlative when you consider a yeah. guy like Malcolm Jenkins being in the defense too, you yeah. know, um, and Chris Long and all those guys. Yeah. So I think I think for, for this team, you know, Brown getting his, his legs under him. Remember, the Eagles lost week two to the Chiefs last year. And that was kind of like the turning point where they won, a, uh, I believe it was nine straight games, and carried some momentum, got got into what they needed to do. This could be a similar situation this year. It felt like a loss today, but it wasn't a. It, it was a disappointing loss in 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 the immediate. But to me, like, there's so many positives that you can project onto this loss. If if that does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think like I mean they kept, they were in it right until the end even if they had no business being in it. Yeah, they had no business being in this. It, it, let's make that clear. The, the first half was atrocious, but you know, n- it was the most Nick Foles game I've ever I, I, I can recall in like a. In a <laughs> he really was long both time. terrible and amazing all yeah. in the course of four quarters. Well, and, and he had he his first touch. By the way, had his first touchdown pass. It almost took him eight quarters to get his first touchdown pass of the season. Yeah, I mean <laughs> after he, he just was you know, raking the Patriots and the Vikings in his last two games last year. Well, and that throw was something else. Yeah, the that touchdown to Aguilar, it was like in the yeah. corner. It was a great catch, kept yeah. his feet in. But, yeah, the, the placement of that ball was – that was like Super Bowl level No throw. one in the press box – like, I think maybe a few of us were like, yeah, that's a catch. And other people were like, did he catch it? Like, <laughs> like that's how, how – It was like kind of – he just dropped it in there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he – you know, Nick Foles is capable of really impressive things. He's also uh, capable of – doing some not-so-impressive things. Where you're like, wait, why are you an NFL quarterback? Like, he has a lot of throws like that. You're like, wait, what? He he does this thing in the pocket where, like, he's got a weird mobility function because sometimes it looks like he is literally running in molasses. And then there's (laughs) other times where he actually looks pretty agile. Yeah, yeah, that's... It's, I, it's I agree. A, you know, it's a weird... I, I even heard you a few times. Like, he had some pretty clear open field at a few points. You're like, well, run! Yeah, I was like... I mean, he there was the one... To, the two-yard gain to Zach Ertz where he literally waited. I felt like we were at the DMV, like, waiting in line <laughs> for this guy to throw Nice, that was good. Thank you. I like, I like references. Um, you guys will learn that about me pretty frequently. Got some I, of the office references. Right. Oh, yes, we will, my friend. Um, <laughs> but, like, to me... I brought up this quote from Dwight Schrute the other day. Nostalgia Love that. is one of the great human weaknesses, second only to the neck. <laughs> there is a lot of nostalgia with Nick Foles oh, man, because that, of what he has been able that, to accomplish. Eagles fans need to hear that. Well, no. I mean, Dwight I, needs to preach it. No, because 
You know, I get it. Yeah. Believe me, I get it. I mean, he brought a Super Bowl to this town. Like, there's no right. question about it. But he's going to be a legend he, forever. He's both allowed to be like a legend in in the city of Philadelphia and also not a great quarterback. Like that. that that's a lot. Those two things are allowed to be true. My, and my wife tells me, "Yeah, it was great of you to bring me flowers, but you forgot to walk the dog." And he peed in the house. <laughs> it's pot. Like you can do two, thi- two things. Yeah. yeah, you can be both. You can love him and be like, "Oh man, he kind of isn't good." Right. And so, like for me. You know, we we joked about it on Twitter because I got that email yeah, about how. By my, the way, I think it was a record. It, he this was his first game he covered for us. Second day technically, but kind of his first day. Right. Within, like, it had to be within thirty minutes of the story. Po- maybe like within an hour of the story posting, his his uh, his report card for Nick Foles. He had somebody emailing him like anger about the way he talked talked ill, spoke ill of their beloved Nicky. By the way, he had an uneven game, but I gave him a B for the whole game. I mean, yeah. I, I, like if that's like negative, I don't, I don't really know what to do. So, um, for me, I, I, I just think with Nick Foles, he's a guy that needs that. Oh my gosh, how did this happen? Play to kind of feel like the, the Philly Philly that they ran. Yeah, that changed everything. Last that changed week. literally everything. So you need that like bizarre play, and I think for this game, it was that. Um, ridiculous Josh Perkins catch that was kind of like it looked almost like he was trying to throw it downfield in a way and Perkins somehow grabbed it and I mean and they they scored on that third touchdown or touchdown drive Um, you know I think Jay Ajayi not being in the game that was tough. Yeah, he came back in the second half. His first play was a 20-yard rush, and you could kind of feel everything changing after that. Right. I mean, I think Jay Ajayi is so important to this offense. I think with with Garrett Blunt moving moving to Detroit, you need a guy who can be a steamroller. I thought Corey Clement was fantastic today. He looked good. Um, they have a really like this is like one of their better like duos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they as like, a group, there's probably not as much depth as they maybe need, right. especially Let's, if Sproles isn't himself. LaShawn McCoy was is better than both players yeah. put together, but like when you look at like group, duos, yeah. like this is Westbrook and Buckhalter. Like it, it it's only the reverse roles. And their Buck- skill sets complement each other pretty well too, because right. Ajayi can get those. I mean, Clement was a goal line back last year actually, but today it was more Ajayi and Clement's developed in his pass catcher. He had a hundred yards in the Super Bowl, obviously, but yeah. I think he had five catches tonight on six targets. Kind of helped keep the offense moving a little bit. I mean, they were they were still kind of stagnant in that first half. But yeah, the running backs, if if they're healthy, like Ajayi has injury problems, and I think that's why he might have trouble getting the money he wants this offseason, especially from the Eagles. We talked about this. I don't, I don't know if they're going to resign him. I don't know if it makes much sense to. But uh, I mean, let, let's let's go back to Nick Foles for a second. I sure. mean, going the assumption right now, there was a report before the game from Adam Schefter that Vol, uh, not Foles, Wentz is expected to be cleared, and they it, there's a good chance he plays in Week Three against the Colts. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let's 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 go two kind of different paths to this. So, it, assuming he plays next week, how confident are you that he can come in and the offense gets back to what they expect out of it? And number two, if he doesn't play, how confident are you that Nick Foles can can lead this team to wins in his absence? So, this will be an interesting and yet probably understated in the moment storyline, but Frank Reich knows both both of these guys yeah. so if anybody, well. If anybody knows them too, it's him. Right. Him and, so, and DeFilippo, who's in Minnesota right now. Yeah, so for me, he knows both their weaknesses. He knows how to plan for these guys. Um, the Colts aren't going to be a pushover. They just beat the Redskins. So who would that be more problematic for, you think, if they're playing? I think Nick Foles. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think like definitely his, Nick Foles. his weaknesses are more defined. Correct. And I think Carson um, 
whether he's got his full mobility, which it seems like he does. He's looked great. He looked great today, and I know you saw him in week one. You said he looked pretty good uh, before before the game. But, like, Carson's the – Carson is one of the most dynamic quarterbacks we've seen in a really long time. And not just because he's got the mobility. It's his, like, ability to extend plays not just with his feet but his arm. Like, the throw that he made in Seattle uh, downfield, I don't know, I forgot who, who the receiver was, but it was one of the best throws you could possibly make yeah. falling back. I mean, that that's kind of a problem. You know, Foles, when he's under pressure, he kind of just looks for the closest guy almost. He, right. He's not able to really, like, see it. Like, Ertz cutting open somewhere else down the field. He, he made a weird play where he threw, he was going to the right and he like threw back to the left, which is, it, oh, it, it man, completed, was... but like, that's not a throw you ever should make. Right. And like, he, he just isn't able to, when the offensive line had one of the worst games I've seen in a while. Uh, Peters went down early in the game. Vitae, it wasn't only his fault. He kind of improved as the game went along, but he had, I think there was like 12 quarterback pressures from Tampa Bay. He got sacked three times. Like that, that Foles isn't a player that can play like that. Like right. most quarterbacks aren't, but you know, Foles certainly cannot. Yeah, and, and I think he's a rhythm guy. And it was hard to get into a rhythm when you have the offensive line drawing, you know, 40 yards worth of penalties early on and uh, you have guys leaving the game. I think Carson can make more with less than Nick Foles, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, there were injuries all around, but, I mean, during that playoff run, he, Nick... He, but not to cut you off, but he can when he was healthy. Like, we don't know how he's going to look coming off that knee yeah, stuff. That's, yeah, that's fair. But it's I, all theoretical right now. But I think if you're going to play him in week you three, as, you, you assume you assume he's the... Like, he, you don't put him out there unless he can do what Carson Wentz right. can do. Right, yeah. because if you're putting him out there to just be a pocket passer, you might as well stick with Nick Foles, right? So that gets us back to our two questions. So that's second question of, do I think Nick Foles should stay out there? Unless they are 100% about Carson Wentz, starting and think like he is ready to go he can take hits he can do everything there's a difference between being cleared for contact and being able to take a hit in my opinion yeah i mean he hasn't taken a hit since december when he got injured right like i don't know i mean it'd be stupid. how does he get up when he gets tackled right yeah. so you don't know i mean he's a confident guy he's a guy that says that his his playing style won't change but you know acl I, I talked are... to uh David Chow used to be a. Uh, I'm sure you know who that is he, he. He was I think he was the Chargers doctor a while ago. He writes a cool column now, and he he told me like there's like no chance he's 100 percent this season. He'll pro- maybe later in the year. Like yeah, he won't LCL. be back to his mobile self, and because mainly because of that until next season. Like that's kind of so. As long as he, his point was like as long as you go into this not expecting him to be the full Carson Wentz, then like that's fine. Like he has the throwing ability to still survive. But I think fans need to temper their expectations that he's going to come in and all the problems are going to be solved right away. Well, and, that, and that's the thought process too. If he's not going to be a hundred percent, then why even bring him back? Yeah. Well, and that too, but if, if he's not going to be a hundred percent, where do you think like the ceiling is for him? Right. So like, if you think the ceiling for him is 85% and he's not going to get better than 85% during this season is 85% better than Nick Foles 100%. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's something that I think you have to weigh. But I think with Nick Foles, he can win you games. I, look, he can, it, I, I feel like he can not lose you games. Like he, he, right. Not, not to say he can he can be the one that doesn't lose the game for you. I feel like that's where he's at right now in his career. I think that's fair. Yeah. I, I think game manager is the wrong word. Yeah. I would say... Because he can do more than a game manager, but he can also be worse than a game manager. Right. Like he's, I, he's the most unique quarterback in that play. And you can't say a steady <laughs> hand. I mean, his good is like 
top 15 yeah. quarterback, uh, at times top 10, his bad is like middle of the road backup. So like, that's the thing. You can count on his experience. You can count on the fact that he's going to be fearless. And you can count on the fact that he's a really good leader. But Carson Wentz is all three of those and uniquely talented. And so I think that's the draw of Carson. That's why everybody wants him back. That's why everybody has fallen in love with him in the city of Philadelphia. Um, and I also think the offense needs a shot in the arm. I, I said this on our, our watch post, the, the video we did. Thank you for holding the camera, by the way. Um, this offense needs a shot in the arm, and sometimes you can get by. Like, I think Nick Foles' performance again, – I think the shot in the arm for the the Eagles uh, last year was the crazy play uh, with Keanu Neal, where the ball knocked off off uh, his knee and went into Torrey Smith's hands, and they were like, "Oh wow!" Like sometimes you're feeling yourself. You know what I mean? Like that. That's all you need sometimes. And I think Carson Wentz starting off week one sells a play action fake, bombs one down to to Nelson Aguilar, who is going to who is developing into a superstar. He's so good. He's yeah. so good. And it's not just in the slot. That's the thing. Everybody was like, oh, well, he's, he's been playing really a lot of outside right? yeah. with uh, Alshon out. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, the, the theory was around the league is that, oh, cool. He's in the slot. They found the perfect spot for him. No, he's just developed like yeah. Mike Rowe. And, he just wasn't and, ready those first two years. Right. You know, some guys, it takes a lot longer. I mean, USC wide receivers have a history of developing a little bit slower. He, Marquise he, he, Lee, who I'm coming. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, he might secretly like be, if you consider like all the guys that have busted out out of USC wide receivers, he kind of secretly been the best one. <laughs> right. And and I remember talking to Marquise Lee about Nelson Aguilar, and he he said that dude is so dynamic it's just it's a mental thing man and i think once you mentally get it as a wide receiver you can be unstoppable uh you know for him the best thing that could happen for nelson aguilar is carson Wentz coming back because they need to take deeper shots they need to improve his confidence yeah he catches every ball that's thrown his way i mean it's remarkable remarkable i also think with zach Ertz too zach Ertz, he caught uh, 11 passes today but he caught 10 passes for 60 yards if you don't count the 34-yard yeah, yeah, yeah. gain. And that's not to slight him, but I think he's kind of in a funk. He does not seem like the dynamic tight end. I, I mean, I think he, last year he was a top-five tight end at worst. Yeah. So that's the thing to get over to. And sometimes you just need that shot in the arm. So going off that, I just thought of like a semi-hot take. Oh, go for it. We, you, you know, we need to arm. fill that quota. <laughs> <laughs> what about... Okay, let's say Wentz isn't actually going to play this week. What about Nate Sudfeld? Hmm. I I I know he's doesn't yeah. have he doesn't have big time experience. It's a risk, and I get that. But like, how much worse could he really be than Car- than Nick Foles? And I think the ceiling is higher for him. He he can throw the ball down the field. He showed that in the preseason, admittedly, and it was it wasn't even with the uh, the Eagles as top receivers. Like a lot of guys were out. Uh, shot in the arm, like he's athletic, he can move. I know you. I know you like him a lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I. It's probably too sh- quick turnaround to start giving first team reps and and do that. And may- maybe you wait and to see if Foles is struggling in the start of the game to the, consider it. But I don't know, man. I like that. That offense is just stagnant. It takes Foles so long to get going. He he's been getting going in the late in the games the last two weeks. And at a certain point, like I don't, that's just not going to work once you start playing against teams like the Vikings and stuff like that. In theory, if Wentz stays out even longer. So I have a similar hot take. 
I don't think you can bench Nick Foles after this game. I think that Nick Foles, Nick Foles isn't the reason this team lost today. I, I, I don't believe. I don't think he's the reason, but I don't. He wouldn't have been the reason they won either. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess said this in my in my report card that um, you know, he led three scoring drives, but he wasn't really the catalyst for any of that success. I mean, and and as I got a lot of pushback because at one point I was like, he's completed like twenty passes and he had less than two hundred yards at that point. I'm like, maybe you start throwing it down the field. And as people pointed out, like to who? Right. Like, it's not his fault, but he still has to take those shots. But that's why Carson Wentz is so, like, the Carson Wentz of old. And I think Sudfeld would, by the way. But, yeah. I mean, Sud, well, you know, you look at that Week 17 game, and he was playing it out. He he did do the conservative thing, but I think he's a different player now than he was then. Yeah, sure. I think having that experience, knowing you have a ring under your belt, I think the team was very confident in him if Nick would have gone down. Um, and I think people around the league really like him. I've, he's come up in a lot of conversations that I've had with people around the league. And I think, look, if they want to shop Nate next year or sign him to a restricted tender, maybe you do take, like, I mean, the Colts are starting three rookie linebackers and they're also, they don't really get a lot of pressure. Yeah, they won against the Redskins, but the Redskins' first week one win seemed kind of fluky. Yeah, it seems like the Cardinals are very bad. So Yeah, <laughs> so it's, to me, yeah. you know, do you punt? You don't punt, obviously. You don't punt the game, but, like, do you say, hey, look, we've got one more week to wait for Carson. Do we want to see what Nate Sudfeld does? Like, to me, if I'm Nick Foles... If, if there was a game you were going to test out Nate Sudfeld, it's this week. Yeah, and if I'm Nick Foles personally, and I'm looking at the long-term future, did I help or hurt my stock? Yeah, the last a, I think two? that's a very good question, honestly. And, yeah. I, to me, like, and it's something we'll, we'll probably touch on later in the week, once we find out if Carson's, uh, yeah. you know, ready or not. Did Nick Foles help him? Because to me, yeah, he didn't lose them either game. He wouldn't have been the reason. But he wasn't the reason why they would have won either. In either game, in my opinion. So yeah. I, I think Nick's got a. He, Nick's going to get starting money somewhere next yeah. year. I, I, I don't think that's the question. But it's does he get his his preference? You know what I mean? And like, is it, is it a one-year deal? Like, is it a prove-it thing? Like, Right. I mean, you know. Because he's, he's someone who I think his next spot, he probably wants that to be where he finishes out his career. Sure. he talks a lot about his family and his daughter and stuff like that. So. Well, and he said even today, you know, I've been playing this game for a long time. And that's like, that, that wasn't eerie. And he's not even 30 yet. Yeah, that wasn't eerie to me, but it was yeah. just like, it was like one of those, huh, yeah, good point. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that's the thing you think about. He's not even 30 yet. And the things he's been through in his career, he's been through, he had that amazing season with the Eagles. He... Went to he had a bad season next year. Chip Kelly dumped him off on the Rams. He was he was miserable in the Rams. He almost quit football. Went to the Chiefs for a year. Came back to the Eagles. He was supposed to be an underpaid backup, and then he became the super. Like it's the most unique. And now people send me emails yeah, about how terrible I am because I <laughs> gave him a B. And, um, now, and now I'm out here saying you should be benched for a guy who's never who's played one NFL game. So well, I I think I think the most interesting thing for me coming here is seeing how the fan base and how the coaching staff and locker room handle that success. I, I like I think a lot that was brought up a couple of times, but I think a lot of people try to dismiss that. I think that's a relatively logical I mean, you know, you see 
In sports, teams win championships and then just drop off. The Detroit Pistons, when they won, when they traded for Rasheed Wallace, wow, they had that awesome half year and won, a, yeah. won an NBA Finals. I mean, even think about the Phillies. They they won the World Series. They were really good the next year after that. They like went all in, traded for a bunch of guys, lost in the first round, and they I'm not even sure if they've been back to the playoffs since then. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where – you know, the mental side of sports, especially in football, is something that can really... Like, look at the Baltimore Ravens. What have the Baltimore Ravens done since they won yeah, that Super they've Bowl? they've kind of hovered around eight wins every year. Right. You know, there, there's teams like this, the Seahawks. They got their... The, got the Giants. The Giants, right. For You know, there's team. A lot of people, Jacksonville, my former beat, were curious to see how this team was going to respond. Respond to being good, yeah. And then they just whooped the Patriots. I mean, like... It's one of those things you where just don't know. Yeah. You, you've got to be mentally tough. You have to have the right guys in the locker room. And this team does. Yeah, yeah. I was in the locker room for 25 minutes. I can already tell you just from the interactions, this locker room is, you know, and, and talking to you, this locker room is there. Yeah. You know what I mean? The funny thing is, like, we caught – like you, you just came from the Jaguars who have like a guy like Jalen Ramsey who, who will say what he's thinking. He'll say if a guy is playing bad on his team or another team. The Eagles just – Everybody respects each other so much in the locker room. We won't have that this season unless everything goes off the rails. Like you won't. People can try and neg uh, Nick Foles on into talking crap about how he deserves to start or whatever, but he deflects. Like Jalen Mills had a bad game today. He like, you know, Malcolm Jenkins took responsibility. Jalen Mills was like, you know, we just can't let those plays happen. Like it, you won't find guys in this locker room saying speaking ill of other teammates in this locker room. Yeah, and, and that's, that says something. But and and I think. That's why they were so successful last season when Nick Foles was not playing well against Oakland, not playing well against Dallas towards the end of that season. They still, I mean, Alshon Jeffrey wasn't getting targeted, you know, in games. Everybody stayed the course, and that's what worked out. And, you know, I wrote a post about Josh Gordon being available. I don't want to get too far up topic, but that's the reason why you don't trade for a guy like him who could be a possible distraction, who could be a guy that gets, you got to weigh the, the risk against the reward. Right. Exactly. And I, I think, I think when you consider Nick Foles, I think guys are going to back him no matter what. I yeah. mean, yeah, people would be really excited to have uh, Jason, uh, sorry, uh, Carson Wentz back. You talked to Jason Peters and Lane Johnson today. Tell, tell me what came out of that conversation. Yeah. Well, they, they both kind of, well, Lane in particular, you know, he, he had his token line that he said a few times now. He's like, well, someone asked him, like, so what if Wentz came back? He's like, well, the sh- then the sheriff will be back in town. But then he, like, kind of realized, like, well, but, but we're, we're, we support Nick. Like, we're 100% signed and we're confident in Nick. Peter's the same thing. You know, a couple guys in the locker room, like, you can kind of tell, like, there's a part of them where they're like, we'd be pumped if Carson Wentz came back. And also, like, we support Nick 100%. Like, they don't have to throw that part in, but they do. Well, and I think that's a reflection of their coach. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think... Doug Peterson's a guy who, above anything else, is fair to his locker room. And I think, uh, you know, Doug Marone's the same way. My, the Dougs. Yeah. Um, it, I think that has a massive effect on, on your players. Yeah. All right. I think that's a – we covered all, all the ground. I think that was a good first episode for you. I uh, like to ramble. <laughs> yeah, told, yeah. It's good. That was a good combo. Uh, we're gonna get we're getting these back in the mix. We hope you enjoyed that one. Uh, again, remember you gotta gotta leave us a review. Leave us a five star review. I mean, it doesn't have to be five stars, but we'd love it if you did five stars. Leave a question in there. We'll answer it on the podcast. Send us questions. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Zach Blatt, Z A C K B L A T T. He's at Mike K at Mike underscore E underscore K. Subscribe. We're on all the apps. iHeartRadio. 
We're on YouTube, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud. Thanks for listening. We'll have another one uh, at some point in the middle of the week. Uh, Mike, how, how'd your first one go? How'd you like it? <laughs> I, I, I felt good, man. I like you leading this thing. I, I think I think that's cool. I like you being the Carson Wentz and me being the Alshon <laughs> Jeffrey. Hopefully we both recover in time from this initial podcast to have even better better episodes. Sure. All right, guys. Thanks for listening.